for all things, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs. It's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. I am your host, Kayla Kinnearum. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. We are gearing up for the divisional round as we face the Jaguars. We are all very excited. Guys, how are we feeling? What's our what's our, our headspace right now? I mean, I feel I, okay. Be, before uh, we dive into today's show. Well, I feel I feel I feel better than if they were facing the Chargers. So I, I feel pretty good. Midweek. Let, okay, episode. let's dive into that then. Because <laughs> you have done nothing but degrade the chargers over the last two weeks for how bad their coach is, for how terrible yeah. of a franchise they are. Uh-huh. So how Poverty can franchise. you, okay. Okay. There we go. See, now we're adding to it. So how can you say <laughs> all of these things yet still believe that they would be a worse matchup for the chiefs? Oh, so all those things I say about the chargers only exist in games, except for when they play the chiefs, they're actually a completely different team. It's like an alternate universe. Here's you know the timeline. What? Here's how the Chargers play all the time. Here they are against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So, it's so So here's why I think you might be wrong. Is because the first time these teams met this year, the Chargers had the ball at like the two-yard line and threw a pick six to a seventh-round rookie cornerback. That, my friend, is the definition of charging. No, maybe the definition of charging is blowing a 27-point lead in uh, in the wildcard round, but maybe a step below that, like a side note, would be uh, what they did in the, the first Chiefs game this year. The other part I don't like is divisional games are weird, and I think the wildcard round taught us that. The Ravens were on a second-slash-third-string quarterback, and the Dolphins were on a third-string quarterback, and they both almost won. So don't want to do that. Don't even care if I think they're a laughing stock. I'm not interested. I'd much rather take on the Jags. Well, that leads us into our first question, guys. Has the lesson of the playoffs thus far been that no lead is safe? Will Andy keep his foot on the gas after several big leads were blown this season, especially against this Jaguars, which we saw he could have done last time and didn't? Well, and it's just a fair question overall. Like, Nick, if I if I said, hey, I want you to put together an album, the five worst things Andy Reid does, like it's a greatest hits. Where on that, on that list, for sure, if I made you list five, is... And he doesn't close games, right? And he doesn't put teams away. Doesn't run the ball is on there. Sure. Like, you know, the, the normal the clock management, right? If we were putting together a list, they're on there. But so is does not put his foot on the gas. Does not just bury teams. Tries to grind out ugly wins and frustrates the hell out of you. <laughs> and if this postseason taught us something, it's that's a very dangerous methodology that could get you in serious trouble. But I think that Andy <laughs> knows. I think Andy's team this year in particular has had to play that game a lot because they're 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 a fourteen win team, but it was dicier than that a lot of times. And I think even when they weren't trying to just grind out a game, they found themselves in close games in which they had big leads. And over the last three seasons, they've lost to the Cincinnati Bengals three times when they had a double digit lead. I think Andy's probably learned this lesson the hard way over the last two years, so I don't think he's going to fall into that trap again this postseason. Yeah, but I don't know if that's something that really even crosses his mind. I don't think that that's something. I don't think that's entering his headspace this week, which is gotta keep, gotta keep pouring it on. Like I think that's always the goal. But even like the the flip side of that has been true, where 
you feel like the Chiefs have a chance to put the game away and then you just want them to run out the clock, right? Let's kill some clock. Let's run the ball. And then they won't do that because he's still being ultra aggressive with play calling, trying to pass and obvious running situations in the fourth quarter. So I don't know if it's a letting the foot off the pedal other than I, I hate to say lack of situational awareness because that would be unfair to to claim for one of the best coaches and play callers of all time. But I do think that Andy gets so laser focused in just the play calling. What's the best play I have? What do I want to do? What is the other team's defense doing? How can I exploit that? What's the best play we have against the way that they're playing us that sometimes I don't think he is always taking into account what's the score? How much time's left? How is the other team's offense performing? Should we take that into account? I think for him, it's just, and that's what makes, part of what makes him so great is that he is just so laser focused on play calling that the situational stuff maybe gets kind of lost or put on the back burner sometimes. I think with him, and there's there's probably truth in that, he is, he's great at that though, Nick. So it's like, it's weird because Andy has those games. Like he himself has blown a 28-point lead in a postseason game. And someone did the math after that game and said, had he just knelt, there was not enough time for the other team to win. He could have just knelt. It's not even tried. Just gave up. Just, <laughs> just, just stop trying to score. And they could have still won the game. I just, it's hard because if it's going to happen in a game, it's this one. But it's like you just watched them come back from 27. You watch them come back this year from three and seven. You know Doug Peterson's creative and will go for shit. It's like, this is not the team to sleep on. I think Andy should know that. The other two are easy. You know you got to close out against Cincinnati. You know that Buffalo can come back from any deficit. But with if it was going to happen, it feels like it would happen against the Jags. And because it's Doug Peterson and because we just watched them come back from this massive performance, it kind of feels like they shouldn't fall back into that trap again. I'll be honest. I'm nervous. Postseason makes me nervous in general. But yeah, we can't have any mercy against the Jags on Saturday. I know all of these coaches are his friends, but I just I don't want to sweat this out. And I'm worried that's what's going to happen. Oh, I don't think there's any reason not to expect that this is going to be sort of a sweat. There's there's varying degrees of yeah. the sweat factor, right? So I'm going to trademark that, the sweat factor. Well, my palm's already sweating, and we're not even to Saturday. Oh, really? Wow. Okay, that's a bad sign. That may be dangerous. Not, yeah, yeah. You may want to get that checked <laughs> We'll get out. to it in my vibe check. Yeah, okay. In fairness, Perfect. yeah, yeah. Nick Nick was complaining of feeling not good in the morning yesterday and didn't listen to his body, so just, just be careful. But to be fair, that didn't have anything to do with the Chiefs-Jags game. <laughs> Are you sure? I, I don't know. I'm not. Can you medically sure. prove that? I can't. I can't medically prove it. I'm just going <laughs> off my gut. But I think like even in the games where the Chiefs won relatively handily, the first Jags game is a great example of that. The Rams game, uh, the last Broncos game, I, I want to say, maybe I'm getting confused with another one, but there have been a handful of those games this year where outcome was never in doubt. Chiefs were in control throughout, but it was never quite to the point of blowout. It was never quite to the point of, well, this game's officially over. Like even in the Bryce Perkins Rams game, he drove down the field that one drive in the third quarter, I think it was, and they scored. And you go, that's a 10 point game or whatever it was. It's like, oh man, like maybe just put your foot down on their throat. And that is, I think, what we're kind of speaking to with Andy Reid is there have been 
so many of those games where it's yeah. like you're you're this far away from putting this team away and the game just being over just one more drive march down the field score and stick the dagger in their hearts and it seems like they never quite do it and maybe we're just nitpicking it's like oh you're winning 14 games how about you win more comfortably win by more oh you had four blowouts this year why not make it eight you know it, that, and some of that stuff's realistic but it also is a product of how good they are if you're this good you have the best play caller you have the best quarterback you have great weapons great understanding of what you guys do well then is it that unrealistic to ask you to to put a few more of these teams away more resoundingly well, in the playoffs, too, it's like we don't care as much, Kayla. Like, a win's yeah. a win, maybe, but still, yeah. I get it. I'm torn because on one hand, I'm like, in a way, I respect about that about him, but also it just really is not great for viewing and gets my heart rate up. He's just too nice. Andy, it's always the long game. Like, every everything is about, like, the thing to set up the thing. It's, it's uh, Andy Dufresne in the prison cell. The rock hammer for the chess pieces into the poster, into working at the library, into working for the the warden. It's all a game. It's all working towards like the big picture, which is I'm going to escape this with a win. It just might not, you know, you might have to cr- crawl through a river of shit in order Cody, to get there. This could have something for your vibe check. God, yeah, no. that would have been a very good vibe mm, check. That was good. God, it was. Right well, well, I came up with that analogy on the spot. What was I supposed <laughs> to do? <laughs> Should have saved it. Either way, you get the point. Andy plays close games, but he wins most of them. So, so what? So what? Something else we do know regarding Saturday's game. McCole Hardman, once again, will not be on the field. Guys, do we think his season is done or is there a chance he plays again this season? I just want to know what's going on. They're so vague about it. it and they said from, he's still dealing with this issue. What is the from, issue? I don't know. I don't know. Covered the team for years. No idea. Uh, went from abdomen injury to abdomen illness to pelvic injury. So I don't know. Um, Beats me. The guess is as good as anybody's because seemingly everyone who covers the team even more closely than we do also doesn't know what it is. The problem is Andy said it's not responding the way they want and they're going to completely back off of it, which means to me, plan your season without McCall Hartman. He's not playing this week. He didn't practice Thursday or Wednesday. You know, Thursday will be essentially their Friday. He's not, he's not going to play which leaves the one more week to get him ready. That seems too soon. He just had a bye week and couldn't get ready for that. So I don't know, long shot to play the Super Bowl. And at that point, I'm not so sure I'd want to force him into this offense anyway. What am I going to do? Force McCole Hardman's eight snaps? That's not going to be the difference between me winning or losing the Super Bowl at that point. So to me, the Chiefs should be making their plans like McCole Hardman's not a part of this season. I feel like this is one of those things where if you would have said it a month ago, I would have been like, you know, if you would have told me a month ago that this was going to play out exactly how it has, which is they're going to activate him at the last possible minute. He is going to be on track to play. And then all of a sudden, uh oh, setback, not going to play. And then we're just never going to see McCole Hardman on the field. I would have said, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds about right. That with the way that coaches try to hide injury reports, and we've heard this before with Eric Berry, he was day to day for I think three and a half years it was, and yep. so that's kind of what we're getting with McCole. I, I do think this: if he is help, like if he is cleared to play, and whatever setback that he encountered with whatever abdomen issue that he's dealing with because we don't know the specifics on any of that 
if he is able to go, a couple days of practice is all it's going to take, I think, for Andy Reid to say, we can use you. Because that's been the MO for this Chiefs offense. We don't need to use you for 60 plays. We don't need to use you for 40 plays. Can you give us 18 snaps? Because with those 18 snaps, that's enough to leverage your speed and skill set against the defense. Think about what the Chiefs have done with all of these different weapons that all do different things well. When, when you talk about guys having, you know, taking turns having their moment, whether it's Christian or Justin Watson or Kadarius Toney or Juju or MVS, the second you kind of you highlight one of those guys for a little bit, you've you've totally got the defense playing on their heels because now MVS beats you over the top, or like going back to last week, Justin Watson beats you over the top for a 60 yard touchdown on the first play of the game. That's in your head now. Now you know. 84 is on the field. Watch out for him because they'll go to him deep. And then what do you do? You start throwing those checkdowns to Tony and to Jarek McKinnon in the backfield, and they're uncovered, and they're turning a, a five-yard catch into a 25-yard gain. And the second that happens, what happens? Guys start playing a little bit closer up. Now you start taking your shots back downfield. McColl can have a role because of what he does well that can impact the team without having to play 60% of snaps just because of what his skill set does. It's a unique skill set that really only Kadarius Toney can do. With that shiftiness, with his lateral quickness, the screen plays, making guys miss near the line of scrimmage, it's unique. It's not something that Juju or MVS or Justin Watson, any of those guys can do. So if you can get a few snaps out of him, I think that could be enough to win a game. Even if he only has two catches, three catches in a game, that might be enough to like really have your impact be felt. So I think that answers the question. Is this his moment to step up, Kadarius Tony? I mean, yeah. But the, the good <laughs> news is for him that I only need him to be half of McCall Hardman. And, and like, I don't know that doesn't make any sense. Let me explain. So McCall Hardman's <laughs> two greatest assets on this team. One, Nick already mentioned. He's fast. He's near the line of scrimmage. He's shifty. He does motion stuff. It's complicated. The other thing he did really well is score. He's really good at getting touchdowns. You can knock McCall Hardman for a lot of things. He was good at scoring in his time here in Kansas City. And so that already got replaced. Turns out Jarek McKinnon is Justin Jefferson wrapped into Marshall Falk, wrapped into... You know, Barry saved. doesn't matter. He's apparently the greatest receiving running back of all time. So we're good there. <laughs> and we don't have to worry about the red zone targets. Between him and Kelsey and some other guys, I mean, Patrick Holmes threw 41 touchdowns. They were the number one red zone scoring offense in the NFL. We're good there. What I need out of Kadarius Tony is the speed. What they lack with McCall Harmon on the field is speed. And speed makes them deceptive. That's why they went after MVS, the fastest available guy on the free agent market this offseason. It's why they consistently draft. Fast wide receivers like Sky Moore, they need speed. Speed allows them to be deceptive in a way they aren't without it. And that's where Kadarius Tony can really step up for this team. I don't think they're ever going to rely on him to be a seven target guy in a game. They just want to get him his two or three touches and then use his, use his speed to deceive the other team. When you look at this season, Kadarius Tony only played in seven games for the Chiefs. I think it was three starts, but he averaged. 12 yards a touch, which is third behind only Justin Watson and MVS. And what do we know about Justin Watson and MVS? 
they're getting deep shots downfield. That's the reason why their yards per touch is so high because most of their work is done with Patrick Mahomes just chucking the ball 50 yards. That's not how Kadarius Tony's played. Kadarius Tony is getting the dump downs, the underneaths, the making guys miss. I am already to the point where I think maybe the, the lack of experience holds him back in this regard. I already think Kadarius Tony is a more valuable weapon than Michael Hartman. Because I think he's I think Whoa. he's just I think he's more skilled. It's like having a great three-point shooter in basketball. Is if Clay Thompson's on the floor, you've always got to pay attention to him, even if he's not touching the ball. It's not quite to the Tyreek Hill level, but we saw that for years with Tyreek Hill. You had to pay attention for him because if you even if you slept for a second, if you blinked and didn't account for him, he was going to make you pay. And Tony has a little bit of that to him. I mean, there's not a player on the Chiefs that's more electric with the ball in his hands than he does. And I think even though he's only playing, I think the last three games, his snaps have been pretty consistent. He's playing around, you know, 18, 19, 20 snaps per game. But when he's on the field, you know opposing defenders are paying attention to where 19 is lined up. Is he moving before the snap? Are they setting up a screen for him? Are they going to hit him with one of those little touch passes when he's you know, moving as the ball is snapped? All of that stuff is massive that I don't think anybody else on the team really provides. So I'm, I'm bullish on this guy long-term. Like I'm excited to see what he can do with an offseason under his belt. But the Chiefs also just got another bye week. And I don't know anybody on the team other than guys who are dealing with health issues who that could benefit more than a guy who seems to be earning more trust of this coaching staff as the weeks go on. I think that one other thing that he might be better at than anybody else, Kayla, is playing big. That sounds stupid because MVS is like five inches taller than him. If you ask me who was going to win a jump ball, more likely it is by far and away, Tony. He plays bigger. Like Tyreek used to play big, right? Some guys, like, height is not about, that's not how you play big in the NFL. It's, will you go up and get a football? MVS just runs and hopes the ball lands in his lap. Kadarius Toney, in the last Jags game, went up to go grab a ball on the sideline. So he is a dangerous player. It's just a matter of how they use him. All great points from both of you. Nick, I don't know if it's the studio mic, but you seem very chillaxed today out over there in your studio. Just, like, chilling back. Because I'm usually sitting in, like, a... (laughs) I'm usually sitting in a very uncomfortable (laughs) wooden bar stool when I'm at my house. You don't have a backrest? It does, but it's like one of the short, it's one of the short. Oh, yes. And so now I'm sitting in like a computer chair and it leans back. And just uh, kick your feet up, pal. Make yourself at home. Do I sound more relaxed? Do I sound cool? I don't know if it's the mic. You sound more relaxed. You look more relaxed. I don't have to lean forward. You know, I don't have to be like up here. I can just sort of sit back here and do my thing. I don't feel like anybody ever describes me as relaxed. Is that bad? Should I be more (laughs) relaxed? Yeah, that's a good point. I've definitely definitely never heard anybody say that. You've known me a while now. We're all matching today. You're like a gray. Cody, you're like a kind of like you're like a walking Adderall pill. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I don't mean that as a negative. It's just like that. The the energy level doesn't really dip with you. No, not not usually. Well, speaking of Adderall, let's head on to vibe check. I don't know how I need an Adderall. Adderall vibe check. (laughs) Yell into the microphone the entire time. Who wants to go first? 
Uh, Nick, I think I went first the last time. I feel bad. I don't want to always go first. I will. I, you, you may have the honor. Okay. Vibe check is no such thing as a trap game, right? Uh, the, this would be the easiest trap game for it. I mean, think about it. The, you have a chance to go to the AFC championship game with one win. You go to the AFC championship game and you face off against two teams that you are trying to exact revenge. It doesn't matter who wins that game. Like we, we've talked all year long. Who do you like more? Who do you want to avoid more? Bengals, Bills. They both beat you in the regular season. So there's motivation going into that game no matter what, which would make this matchup against a team that you already beat by double digits in the regular season against a coach who, I mean, I don't know you can make a joke about it, but like Andy Reid taught him everything he knows. This guy brought him up under his wing in a team that you're, what, eight and a half point favorites at the time of this recording? It would be really easy to fall into the idea of this being a trap game. I don't think this team is impervious to them, but they're the last team in the world I'm worried about having one of those games that we saw. We saw the the Bengals were going down to the wire against the Ravens. The Bills were going down to the wire against the Dolphins. Neither one of those teams had any business letting those teams hang around. I think the Chiefs saw that, and I think that they understand that those teams were a possession away. One bad fumble at the goal line away, right? One bad pick away from losing to teams that had no business beating them. The Chiefs understand that. They understand that Trevor Lawrence is playing good football. They understand that Doug Peterson has spent time in this organization, knows what Andy Reid likes to do. They're red hot. They're playing with house money. They like to play aggressive. All of those factors, in a weird way, I think are positives for the Chiefs because this team is just good enough to where you can't overlook them and you have just enough familiarity and links to them that it would be impossible to just roll past this game and get ready for the next one. Oh, and you add into account that it's a bye week and we know all about Andy Reid's records coming off buys. No such thing as a trap game when Jacksonville comes into town on Saturday. My, my vibe's got a, a musical flair. We found out today that the halftime performer at this weekend's game will be Lil John. My vibe Let's is go. My, my, my vibe is throw it up as <laughs> it pass as much as you want against this team. Okay, Any, wait, wait a what? minute. Wait a minute. Did you have to look up that song? No, I'm familiar with that one. That's one of his. I mean, I there's like maybe a handful of Little John songs I could have comfortably rolled off the coming? tongue. Yeah, yeah. Do the what whole chorus. No, no say, the, say the one word that comes after throw it up. Oh, I'm not doing any of that. Not on this episode. I believe it starts with a mother mm -hmm. and ends with an effer. So this is a family show. I'm not familiar they, with that word. They, yeah, that's Kayla's never cursed. Not a day <laughs> in her life. Throw it up. Just not a cusser. This is the league's 27th ranked passing defense. And Patrick Mahomes was nearly perfect against them the last time out. I know in the stat sheet you'll see an interception. It was the most YOLO, I don't care interception ever. They were up 17. It was the fourth quarter with six minutes to go. He flung one up like, I don't have anything else to do. I'm bored. I got to do something. Outside of that, they averaged eight, almost eight yards a play. He had over 300 yards, four touchdowns. He was nearly perfect in that game. This pass defense stinks. They can't hang with Patrick Mahomes. So unless they're going to get way more pressure on Mahomes with their front four than they did the last time, in which they got 
zero sacks, then there's no reason to not do it. And if they got to blitz you to get it, then throw it even more. Screw the run game. Forget all that stuff. He'd be like, Andy doesn't run it enough. I don't care about any of that. Little John had it right. Throw it up. Throw as many as you want. Throw as much pass as you want. Put this whole game on Mahomes. Figure out if you want Pacheco to be involved later in this. I just feel like the Chiefs' weapons as an aggregate are too much for Jacksonville's defensive roster to handle. It's the only defense who ranks a little bit worse than yours. But from a pass in, they can't do anything about it. Feels like a perfect chance to take advantage. By the way, uh, on our radio show earlier today, our co-host, Alex Gold, tried to make a little John Song reference, and Cody didn't pick up on it. I did not. So I think... Huge fan. Maybe a little controversy. I do think Cody... I'll be honest, in fairness, I wasn't listening, I think, at the time he said that. (laughs) Which I'm also guilty of sometimes, Nick, you have to admit. Yeah, I do. Of course I have to admit, and I don't think that that's... I would have just went with the uh, the inverse of that. I don't think it's, you seem so proud. You seem so proud to admit that you weren't paying attention. I think I was like I was working on something else for a half a second, and I was like I didn't hear it, so I'm just gonna move on. Good cover, good cover. And Alex is too white to make little John references. He's whiter than all of us who are all white. Oh, he's, he's like it. Just it's just a fact. There's like a I was scale, gonna say. Well, what do you think you most. are? <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, just it's like just... there's a scale, and, and he's worse. Okay. <laughs> so we're four white people and we're determining who's the whitest. Okay. Great. Stuff. That's correct. All right, Kayla, what's your vibe check? <laughs> Solid content. Guys, my vibe check is it's not crazy, it's playoffs. <clears throat> okay. It's that time of year where I officially become unhinged. I will be spending all of Saturday's game in the fetal position on the floor in my living room. The stress my body goes through during these postseason games, it's not healthy. I'm going to have to go to two yoga classes on Saturday instead of one to really chill myself out. (laughs) Is this dramatic? Probably, but so are the playoffs as we saw last weekend. Um, And this is how I know it's really starting to mess with me because I already had my first nightmare last night. Nightmare? What kind? I had a dream, Cody, and I partially blame Nick for this, that we were playing the Chargers and lost 17 to 16. I still remember the score very vividly. Wow. Which was my first clue. It wasn't real because that score is way too low. Um, so I was at the game and the whole time I'm yelling, no, this is wrong. We're supposed to be playing the Jaguars. We should be playing the Jaguars. It was so frightening. And people were trying to tell me that it was like our warm up game before we were playing the Jags. It was all very (laughs) confusing and upsetting. Um, they also weren't letting fans in the lower bowl in an effort to make it easier for the visiting team. I mean, all this night terror was missing was Carl Sheffers, honestly. I mean, wow. Anyway, the nightmares have begun. I am unwell until further notice. It's not crazy. It's NFL playoffs. The Chiefs even released. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think you should. I think you should. You guys not remember your dreams? I remember every dream very vividly every night. Listen, I have a dream now. That (laughs) shout out Martin Luther King Jr. But I also man, that's privilege. You know, I also. I think someone else already said that. I, I also have a dream completely unrelated and slightly less inspirational than that dream, mm. but I'm saving it for predictions at the end of the episode. Okay. Okay. I hope it's less terrifying than hers. It's more confusing, but less terrifying. Well, actually, I don't know. She just said that the, with the Chiefs played the Chargers in basically what was a friendly like scrimmage. <laughs> for some reason, the Chiefs decided not to let fans in the lower bowl, which, I mean, can you imagine if they they came out with that announcement today at like 5 o'clock and said, hey, I know this is sort of weird and unprecedented, <laughs> but um, we're not actually going to let anybody sit in the lower bowl. So everybody head up to the upper decks. And we also decided to bring the Chargers up. back in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up, but sometimes I have intuitive dreams, which is why it also scares me. 
I had dreams that two friends were two different friends were pregnant and they were and they hadn't told anyone. And I go, I had a dream you're pregnant. And they wrote back and they're like, I am. But have I you had any- haven't announced it. Whoa. Guys. Have you had any dreams about Nick? But now we got to know. Weird the next wording. time you dream um, about Nick. <laughs> no, I don't think I have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. About Nick um, being pregnant. Oh. But then. I have not. Just to let you guys know, I have, I've never dreamt about either one of you. And it's not personal. It's just a fact. <laughs> We spend way too much time together. I'm confident that you've been in a dream of mine at some point. All right. Well, I'm just letting you know you don't you don't crack into my dreams. So, actually, you guys may have been in that dream also at the game, but not at the game. Like I don't know. What, was, side, what team was I rooting for? <laughs> I mean, it's a great question. Hard to I don't tell. Know. <laughs> Hard to tell. All right. I mean, the Chiefs even released a video with different fans playing out their game day rituals and superstitions, and I felt yeah. that. Mm. Mm. It's not crazy two, two times for yoga in the playoffs. That's it. Okay, I'll I'll see how I'm feeling, but I might need to go to two classes. All right, we're going to move on, guys. Mahomes talked about the hits his players took in the last matchup against the Jags. Is there fear that the dirty hits like the ones from Cisco will show back up in this matchup? If you remember how mad they were at the end of that game, I don't think they're going to forget it. Like Juju took a, a dirty shot. Cisco seemingly took like four shots in the game, many of which were questionable. Big hits over the middle to him multiple times and other members of the chief staff. I think they're going to remember it. So yeah, I worry a little bit. And I also worry about it for the same reason we started the podcast. The Jags are going to have a little sense of desperation, a little sense of we better do everything because they're worse. Worst teams, that's when things get chippy. When you start getting those like personal foul penalties or those kind of dirty hits, it's when one team walks into the game knowing they're inferior. And I think a team that was three and six in the Jags were desperate. They were in the situation. And I think it's a different kind of desperation because then they were trying to save their season. But I worry about it because they did it in the first game. Cisco, I don't think had like a huge reputation for it, but it wasn't just one time in that game. It was over and over and over and over again. If a player shows you that, that they're willing to hit that way multiple times, then yeah, I think that. And I also think that the rep on the Chiefs is get in their face and punch them around. That's still what people try to do to the Kansas City Chiefs. They try to punch them in the mouth and think that they'll knock them off their game because they're a finesse team. So I think that Doug Peterson will probably treat his team the same. He'll tell his defense to go out there and play that same way. So I actually am not worried about it because of where the Jaguars are now compared to where... The, when the Jaguars played the Chiefs the first time, I, I really believe they thought their season was over. They were three and six, I think, heading into that game. They were three and seven after that game. So that was a team who probably felt like halfway through the season, they didn't have anything left to play for or going up against the best team in the league. Why not? You know, you're dejected. You're not really focused. Your mind's not in the right place. You're frustrated. You're annoyed. All of those things that come when the season's just not going the way you, you, you wanted it to. Now, fast forward to where they're at now. You just beat the Chargers in a improbable win, like so much so to where the Jaguars had to grind. You give the Jaguars a ton of credit, even though you should never lose a game that the Chargers were in, and that's on the Chargers. They lost that game. Sure. But to win the game, I mean, that is a grinded out, we're not going to give up, we're not going to give them an inch sort of mentality that you have to have to get back in the game. And now you're in the playoffs with a one win away from going to the AFC Championship game. And we've talked all week long, the last two weeks, about what we think about Doug Peterson as a coach. 
I just kind of refuse to believe, and especially when you think about him being from the Andy Reid tree and what is like paramount amongst like Andy Reid's philosophies, going all the way back to training camp, is don't do dumb shit. Don't even in practice. That's why we they always talk about how guys are tired of hitting each other at the end of training camp, and that's why you see the scrums. And then some people will say, "Well, that's good. They're fired up. They're ready to go." Andy Reid hates that stuff. He hates it because his mentality, his philosophy has always been: if you wouldn't do it in a game, then you better not do it in practice because in a game, it will cost us. And I'm not going to put up with that. So you better not be creating those habits in practice, making you think that it's okay to pop off every once in a while in a game. He used to get really upset with Travis Kelsey when Kelsey would get all of those personal foul penalties for taunting or whatever the case was. He hates that stuff. So if he hates it, I would imagine Doug Peterson understands that as well. I think this team is in a different position. I think that now, knowing the stakes... I can't imagine they're going to make those self because that's what they are. When you're when you're making dirty hits or hits after the the whistle, those are mistakes because they'll cost you. Which is why on a second level, I'm not worried about it because if that's the game the Jaguars are going to play, they're going to just hand the game to the Chiefs because a you're going to cost yourself against a team that you can't afford to cost yourself against. You make too many of those mistakes against the Chiefs, they are going to bury you for it. And in a side note, if you're doing it to Patrick Mahomes. Granted, he doesn't get injured on one of those plays. What's that going to do to Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes takes a few hits after the whistle. What do you think that's going to do to him? He is going to want to kill you, and he will. Like Getting a pissed-off Patrick Mahomes on the field is the last thing you want. So I don't think they'll do it, and even if they do, I feel like it works in the Chiefs' favor. Pissed-off Pat's the best thing that could happen to us, honestly. Yeah. like Hit him one time in the, in the first quarter. Like Hit him after the whistle. See how it goes. See how it goes for you, because I think there are a lot of teams that have done that and didn't live to tell about it. Excellent point, Nick. Oh, yeah. I, not excellent point, point, Cody. Excellent point, Nick. So. Oh, what is this? Is a scoring system? And now I'm both had excellent that? points. Yeah, no, I won that one. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you needed it. You're falling behind. <laughs> I, I wow. Had bad, I had a bad week last week, okay? <laughs> yeah, so you're going to have to make for, up for picking the Chargers. <laughs> I'm looking for a bounce back. By the way, we'll, we're never, we'll never forget it. We're new predictions here in a minute. I would tell you to tread lightly on picking the Jacks, Nick. Okay, <laughs> just 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 as a pre-warning, depending <laughs> on what you were feeling, I would yeah. tread lightly there. All right. My favorite part from all that was when Cody even said it's going to be so embarrassing if they lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I'm ready to move on. Let's, okay. Let's stop, <laughs> let's stop living in the past. That's fair. Let's move on. Based on everything we have asked of the Chiefs, should the number one offense and number 15 defense be enough to predict a Super Bowl win? Yeah, um, because it's, if not, what the hell have we been doing these last two years when we said that that's all we <laughs> need from Mahomes? They have the number one offense in the NFL and by most metrics by a mile. The only one that they don't lead by like a huge gap is points per game. In almost every other statistical metric, the Chiefs are the best offense in the NFL by a pretty wide margin. They're not just the best, they're the best by a a lot and so when you start putting that into play the 15th offense should be enough because the 15th rank 16th ranked which is what they were in points per game pretty much 15th 16th in every statistical category that should be enough to propel the chiefs to victory because you have patrick mahomes because what league average defenses do are get you one to two stops a game that could be helpful to you in the moment 
and they don't let up 30 points a game, which we know the Chiefs are going to score. That's really what it comes down to. Can your Chiefs defense not let up 30 points a game? Can you not let up 27 points a game? Well, that's what an average defense does. That that stat alone is why, you know, when we made our predictions last week about what was going to happen in the Super Bowl, I chose the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. That was the deciding factor. The fact that they have a lead average defense with the number one offense was enough for me to think that's why I assume they'll win the Super Bowl because that's all we've been banking on this entire time. The two times they went to the Super Bowl in the last four years, they had top 10 ranked points per game defenses, but they were league average defenses. The other times they were below league average and we knew it. We know going to the last postseason that even though they had like a slight hot stretch at one point, they came into that ranked as the 22nd team in points per game allowed. There are a lot of other statistical categories they ranked poorly in, including sacks. We knew they weren't league average. We knew they were below average, and it eventually cost them. I know Mahomes cost them too, but the fact they couldn't get a stop or stop Jamar Chase burned them. This year, they're league average. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl because of it. Okay, so but do you do we not have to maybe rethink that that formula a little bit of just like be the best offense, have a league average defense, knowing now that the two biggest threats to you winning a Super Bowl are in your conference. And they both have very comparable offenses to you. Like all four and defenses. Teams, right. Yeah, all four teams defenses. remaining in the AFC playoffs were top 10 in the NFL in points per game. And Buffalo has an elite defense. Both Buffalo and Cincinnati and Jacksonville, for that matter, allowed less points than you. Now, again, points per game can be a little misleading. It, and it, Buffalo was built off the back when the Von Miller. Von Miller era, Nick, you know, right. I but I mean, but game. just to, just to give you an idea, Buffalo is allowing about a field goal less per game than the chiefs. And as we know, a field goal could be the difference between you winning and losing. So I'm not saying that those teams have advantages over the chiefs. I'm simply wondering, does the fact that the chiefs, they're the best offense, but they're not the best offense by a mile. Like we know what Buffalo's capable of. We know what Cincinnati's capable of. So I guess my real question is, is just being average on defense, even though that was what we asked them before the season, seeing how the years played out, is that still enough for you to say they should still be the favorites or that this team should win the Super Bowl, knowing that the gap is just narrowed a little bit between them and their well, competition? There are four teams remaining of the eight in the NFL playoffs that rank top seven in both. If that's the argument you're making, because the Bills, Bengals, Eagles, and Cowboys all rank top seven in both offense and defense. But man, having the number one offense, because like I, you know, they're not. You know wrong. what it is, Cody? I don't mean to they're cut, just better. I'm uh, sorry to cut you off, but I don't even <clears> think <throat> what we're really talking about here is offense. What we're talking about is Mahomes. Yeah. Because we can talk I mean, about points per game, and I could say, oh, yeah, well, Buffalo's right there. Right there, I think, third in points per game. Cincinnati's right there. But what we're really discussing here is that as long as you have Mahomes and an average defense, because yeah, points per game is one thing, but what has made the Chiefs so special over the last four years is that if you give them a glimpse, if you give them a sliver of hope, Mahomes will seize it and win the game, right? That's what we're really talking about here. It's not about how many points you're going to score. It's are you letting the Chiefs hang? If if the Chiefs are down, are you letting them hang around? Did you stick the dagger in? No. Seven point game with four minutes to go, and they got the ball. Seven point game with 
13 seconds you know what i mean like give him yeah. give him give him a glimmer of hope and they're gonna seize it so that's really the conversation is mahomes plus an average defense enough because even if you tell me all those offenses are good the chiefs have one thing that you don't which is a guy that just like for whatever reason uh is immune to losing those big games in those big situations agree mahomes plus the defense is enough in of a in and of itself I have a question, guys, that <clears throat> I thought of the other day. I don't know if I should ask this without actually knowing the answer. I'm going to sound stupid. Now but, you have to. Well, I will. I'm, I'm I don't I don't mind looking stupid. The fact that Mahomes typically plays in one less playoff game than everyone else, does that is that a knock on his stats? Because he's breaking all these postseason stats, but no. he's really never playing in wildcard weekend. But that so, isn't that. But Tom isn't Brady that didn't either. Didn't matter. But doesn't that make it even more impressive that he's putting up, you know, he's like top 15 in yards and top 10 in passing touchdowns and he's not having to play in four games every year. It is much more impressive. But I'm like, yeah. he could have so much more if he was actually. Oh, you're saying is it like holding his numbers back? Yeah, maybe. But playing in one more game makes it more likely that you get knocked out early, you know, just playing right. that numbers game. So I'm happy with the way things are going. I was just wondering if that He's the, the beautiful thing, Kayla, is that he's going to end up like top three in every major postseason passing category anyway. So there's nothing there's nothing that can really hold him back at this point. Probably top two. He's just going to finish behind Brady, who has like 48,000 postseason career passing yards. Did you see Kurt Warner take a shot at him? <laughs> I don't think Kurt Warner took a shot. I think he was maybe taking a shot at the person on Twitter who took a shot at him. Who said, That's true. You know, the guy the, who I don't remember what it was now, but there was a tweet, Nick, that just said, <laughs> hey, you know, Patrick Mahomes is in all these like if he gets so many more touchdowns, he'll pass Kurt Warner. He's only 27. And Kurt Warner responded with, I was 28 when I started my first NFL game. <laughs> like, couldn't get break. off my ass about my yeah, age. That's you know? how I read it, too. What the hell did I do? <laughs> I, I, was me out of it. I, I didn't have anything to do with this. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I took it. Like, I didn't do anything wrong here. I'm just trying bagging, to exist. I was bagging groceries when Patrick Mahomes was at the same age that Patrick Mahomes was winning MVPs. Okay. Well, we it's had funny. It's like a little different trajectories here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Mahomes was like a little older when he got in the league than some other guys. So there's even like some that are like, oh, he's 23 now. So like, it doesn't matter. Like in the end, Mahomes is going to finish, as you mentioned, pretty much tops in every category. The researcher on that should have done a little better job researching. <laughs> All right, guys, let's give our game predictions. Who's going first? Well, Nick went first in the other one, so I can go first here. I okay. uh, I obviously think the Chiefs are going to win. I predict them to go to the Super Bowl. Things could still change. They could maybe, you know, go beyond that um, from an injury perspective or others. But the Chiefs are better than this team in almost every single area of the field. Now, I still think covering nine and a half points is too many. So I don't think that's going to be the case, but I'll take the chiefs and I'll take them 34 to 27. But here's the difference. I think what ends up mattering here is Trevor Lawrence with a couple of delay of games is what cost him because he made the classic mistake of stepping to a podium today and saying that I think Jacksonville's just as loud as Arrowhead. So it probably won't be any different. Don't say stuff like that. There's just no reason to say it. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit you. Also it's Jacksonville. No one believes that. If you played for Buffalo, you might have a point. Jacksonville, no chance. That stadium's been loud, but it's not Arrowhead. I'll say a false start late as Joe Burrow tries that final gasp of a seven, you know, go get seven to tie it up. Falls short because on a fourth and one, 
a five-yard false start penalty because the crowd is loud cost him, and they're unable to get it. That's that's my dream scenario, Nick. I don't know what yours is. Well, I mean, my my dream scenario would be Trevor Lawrence. Just you know what you did last week? Can you just do that again? Can you just can you do that four interception thing that you do really well? <laughs> just not the one second more half. time. Yeah. Well, I would assume the Chiefs wouldn't make repeat the mistake of you know blowing a 27 point lead that would be well wouldn't that be wild <laughs> don't even say things like, like that. that don't even put it out there <laughs> two weeks in a row jags come back from that no 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 no. that won't happen um to me though the turnovers is going to be sort of what decides how, how this game goes because i don't expect the jaguars to turn the ball over five more times but the chiefs have sort of been that team where if they don't turn the ball over they kill you and if they do turn the ball over they're still going to win but not by quite as much, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. I think the Chiefs win no matter what, but do you have two interceptions? Because that's how this game is a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. Do you avoid those sort of uncharacteristic Patrick Mahomes red zone interceptions? Do you avoid special teams miscues, right? We talked about that all week long. I would be remiss if I didn't even at least bring up the fact that, okay, all season we talked about that being the weakness of your team. Now it's the playoffs, win or go home, can you just sort of put that stuff in the rearview mirror? Because if you do, I don't think the Chiefs are just otherworldly better than the Jags. I don't think I can find one area, maybe other than special teams, where the Jaguars are better than the Chiefs. Like position group, areas, strengths, weaknesses. I feel like the Chiefs have a trump card in every single category. The Chiefs have more to play for. There's more at stake for them given where they are as a franchise. But I still think the Chiefs win this one. Uh, my dream that I had last night, guys, that I told you about. So this is kind of a weird. My dreams never make sense. So I was watching the the this Chiefs game and uh, in the dream, the Chiefs had a pick six, but it was Isaiah Pacheco who had the pick six. <laughs> So I don't know. Happen? I don't know what to do with that. So I've just decided to go with both of them. I think the Chiefs get a pick six, and Isaiah Pacheco <laughs> scores a, a touchdown. So if and if the pick six, I mean that's that's going to be a huge swing. So I'll go Chiefs twenty, Chiefs twenty eight, Jaguars seventeen. Isaiah Pacheco Whoa. gets a touchdown. Maybe a pick six, though. I mean, dude, <laughs> if I could get, can I get odds on fa- can I get odds on FanDuel for that? That's got to be a hell of a payout. That would be cool. We shall see. On, yeah, I'm not betting on it, but that would be cool. <laughs> um, I obviously have the Chiefs winning. We are the better team. Everyone knows it. Am I still nervous? Yes. This Jaguars team is playing hot. They're coming in with a ton of confidence which scares me. Um, we know how we play at home. We just have to keep our head down, stay focused, not let it get close. Although it probably will. <laughs> um, Cody, I'm actually, I had the same exact score prediction, which was why I reacted Ooh, that look way. 34, 27. We've averaged 30 a game, 29.1. Um, last game was yes. 27, 17. As we know, I feel like it could be closer than that, but I'm hoping we can keep it at least a touchdown. Late addition here to the podcast, Desmond. Desmond, who Hi, do you think? Desmond. Is- yeah, can Desmond. we get a score prediction from Desmond? Desmond? Do you think the Chiefs will win, or do you think the Jaguars will win? I don't know. Which one, Chiefs or Jaguars? 
Just say one. No, nah, he's leaving. Oh. He literally w- stormed off the set. <laughs> <laughs> and Ruby, now's your chance. Try. Do you want to guess who wins between the Chiefs or the Jaguars? Come here. You got to come quick if you're going to do it. Otherwise, are your kids not brainwashed yet, Cody? Shouldn't oh, this, you know, this be an automatic you know, response? He, it was too much pressure for him. He's four. Okay. He's like, I can't deal with this. I don't know why you, how dare you put me on the spot. Come here, Ruby. <laughs> it's okay. She's being shy. <laughs> come here. Oh, come here quick. All right, here, I'll just say, have you say it in the microphone? Do you think the Chiefs will win or the Jaguars will win? Oh, there we go. That's we the go. right answer. Wow. And then Nick my see, was that so hard? A big hug. <laughs> I, I picked the Chiefs to win, okay? <laughs> I said they got AFC Championship vibes. Oh, now we're saying that. Okay, great. That's weak vibes, man. I want better vibes than that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm doing the best I can. I still think we have Super Bowl vibes. Let it be known. All right. This was fun, guys. Best of luck to us all this weekend. <laughs> Talk to you Monday, hopefully after a win. <laughs> yeah, I think you need it more than we do, given you know where you're already at mentally. So um, my subconscious is already. You need out. this win for your for your well being. My mental state, yes, exactly. Yes. That is Cody Tap. He is Nick Schwartz. I am Kayla Canaram. This is it's always game day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Have a great weekend, and we will be back with you all on Monday for game reaction and more.